This is an AMI podcast. I'm Chuita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. If you are a person with a disability, it's understandable to feel a little uncertain about your future. Not only are there all kinds of accessibility challenges and barriers, which at times seem to multiply like a hydra, but there aren't really a lot of visible role models with disabilities that we can look to for inspiration. For many of us, finding that creative outlet through art or music or filmmaking can help with emotional wellness and healing. While breaking down some of those societal barriers and preconceptions about life with a disability. And if disabled characters don't appear in music videos or films for that matter, well, it's just a call to action to get out there and create the content we want to see. Today, we discuss disability and artistic expression. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. And welcome to The Pulse. I'm Joita Gupta, and my guest today is singer, songwriter, artist, and actor James Ian. James, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. You have a long career as a singer and a songwriter, but let's start with your most recent uh, musical project, and that is a song by and for and about people with disabilities. Tell us more about that. Yes, yeah, so uh, this song, um, it's the it's first of its kind in that it was created by members from the SMA community. It was sponsored by Genentech, so they brought um, multiple members of the SMA community together to create this song, just to really showcase, um, you know, our our talents, our our artistry, our creativity, and to really show us in an accurate light the way that we wanted to be depicted. And by SMA, you mean uh, spinal muscular atrophy? Yes, that's that's correct. Yep, spinal muscular. Good. I just want to make sure we get the acronyms out there. So this project, <laughs> what was the genesis of it? When did you realize, ah, this is something I really want to work on? So um, the genesis was, you know, at some point um, in the beginning of the, uh, earlier this year, um, Genentech wanted to really showcase, you know, folks with SMA. Um, and they really wanted to do a song just to kind of highlight our talents and musicality. And so I was brought on board after some people had seen kind of like my social media presence, um, you know, with my music. I have talked about my life living with SMA um, for some time now. And so they reached out to me to see if I wanted to be a part of it. And after learning what they wanted to do and, um, you know, like I said, they really wanted to showcase us authentically um, I thought this was a really, really novel idea, and I thought it was such a, a beautiful way to to really get to tell our story and to tell it the way that we wanted to. And once I, you know, heard of all the details, there it was a no brainer for me, and um, I was really, really excited to be a part of it because I knew something like this had not been um, had not been undertaken before, and um, I really, really wanted to be a part of it as a musician, um, as someone with living with SMA. You're singing the lyrics to the song. Were you also the songwriter? What was your input like in the in the whole process? Yes. So I was um, the primary songwriter of the song. We 
we essentially had multiple members of the SMA community. We did a brainstorm. We came together and kind of laid out ideas on the table that we wanted to incorporate into the song. So from there, I took those ideas and boiled it down into uh, into a first draft of a song. I tried to, you know, um, include as much um, from the brainstorm as I could into the song. And then from there, once I had that first draft of the song, um, I got together with two music veterans, if you will. Um, one is a, a three-time Grammy-nominated producer named Barry Weeks, and the other is a Universal Music exec named Tom Rowland. They they have really long careers in the music industry, and so we essentially took that song and refined it, you know, made edits to it, um, and then from there we we had the uh, we have what you hear today. Um, so that was my involvement was you know songwriting and actually singing singing the song. When I think of songwriting, and this is just my, maybe this is my ignorance showing, but I often think of it as a very introspective and private process. You know, it's your process of having your thoughts, emotions, ideas put on paper. Um, and it's supposed to be a very individual project. But in this instance, when you're writing this particular song, it sounds like it was a, a community effort. Was this process different from your normal songwriting practice, or is this how you normally write music in collaboration with other people? Yeah, so it, I tend to go the uh, go the direction that you just laid out, which is you know it's kind of very personal, introspective. Um, it's usually just just me writing and you know getting my thoughts out there. Uh, this was different for me in, in that in that regard, but um, it was a really smooth process. It was really nice to have um the input and just to get different perspectives on things um and just the process itself you know from like a mechanics point of view of it um it flowed really really well there was not a lot of you know people knocking someone else's idea it was really really supportive and encouraging and so um it was i i thought that doing the song this way was a good way to do it because it was meant to be representative you know, of the SMA community um, and not just the SMA community, um, the larger disability community. And we wanted it to be, you know, to be able to relate to non-disabled people as well. And so I thought that collaboration was necessary. Um, it's not my typical process, but I thought it worked out, you know, really, really well. And I have been in bands before where, you know, you do get input for various things. So it wasn't completely um, new to me, but I, I thought it was the best way to get the job done for this. And so you were writing the song and creating the video that went with the song in the middle of the pandemic. How was that like for you? Right. Yeah. So the the video was actually created by um, another member who came from uh, who's from the SMA community and was a part of that larger brainstorm that I mentioned, Dominic mm -hmm. Evans, who who I believe is just a brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant filmmaker, and. Mm -hmm. So doing this in the pandemic, it was a lot of, you know, virtual, you know, all of our meetings were virtual. You know, I was getting ideas from the team and from Dominic, you know, via email, via Zoom, whatever it might be, and just saying, hey, I think this is a cool idea. What do you think? So it honestly wasn't, the, the, the pandemic presented, you know, in-person challenges, I guess, you know, like, I think we would have probably met more in person had it not been for the pandemic, but it wasn't, it really didn't throw any barriers in the way. And actually um, for Dominic, 
Dominic actually directed the video uh, from his bed and he's the first person I believe to have ever done that. And so mm-hmm. that was, you know, actually, I think Dominic said that that made the process actually a lot easier for him to do that. So it was, a, it was actually an added bonus, um, but it was just, you know, very like email zoom heavy and, you know, it didn't really feel, it didn't feel like it hindered things in a way. I mean, it actually made things easier because, you could shoot someone a message, you know, really late at night or whatever it might be. And like the process was kind of ongoing. We weren't confined to like business hours. Mm. Universal design in action. Now that the song and the video are both (laughs) out there, what are you hoping people will take away from it? Is it only a song meant for people with disabilities or is there a message in there for everybody, regardless of how they self-identify? Yeah, so that, that's a good question. It's it's actually the latter. It's it, the song was actually meant for, um, you know, it was created with the disability lens, with the SMA lens, but it is meant for everyone. You know, it's meant to be universal. And in terms of what I hope the song and the video accomplish, I really hope that it gives um, a spotlight to people with SMA, to people with disabilities, to showcase their artistry and to give them chances and opportunities to realize their dreams, not just, you know, create creative dreams, not just, you know, if you want to be a musician or a singer or an actor or a writer, like I hope it gives, I hope it shows that people with disabilities have so much to bring to the table. They have such a unique perspective that they're so intelligent, so creative, so collaborative. I hope that it just opens doors for them to go and, you know, fulfill their dreams. And then just on a broader scale, I hope for, you know, the non-disabled population as well for the world. I hope that they could just find, I hope the song shows them that their lives matter and that their um, existence is, you know, worthwhile and important and it, and it matters to other people and it, it makes things better uh, for everyone. What sort of feedback have you gotten about the song? Uh, the feedback has been beyond what I what I've expected in a very very good way. Um, the feedback has been extremely positive. I've seen so many messages um, from. I'll start with the disability community and people with SMA. I've seen so many messages that just have said, "Hey, this brought tears of joys to my eyes. I feel like I belong. I feel like I can do so many things that." maybe some other people told me that I couldn't do. Um, you know, I've, 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 I've seen messages of hope where people have been like, this has given me so much hope. You know, I have a child with a disability and, you know, they face these sorts of, you know, access issues or ableism issues. And this song is, you know, making me rethink that and really making me feel that it doesn't have to be that way. And it's not going to be that way. And um, they can live the life that they want to live. So it's been, um, incredible in that way. From the non-disabled population, I've just heard that people just really love it. They can't stop singing it. Um, you know, someone reached out to me and said that they were um, in rehab and that the song is helping them get through rehab and, and they feel really confident about that. And so it's just been incredible. It's been really, really humbling. I, I can't believe it. Uh, I can't believe it. So I'm just really, really thankful and grateful that people have responded to it in this way and and, and have also just been kind enough to share their personal they've been sharing such personal stories um with us uh, and so i'm just really thankful that they've felt that they could do that and uh, it's just it's an honor huge honor 
I'm Juwita Gupta, and with me is James Ian. James is a singer, songwriter, artist, and of course, an actor with SMA. And we're talking a little bit about James and his creative journey. James, are you one of those people that started to sing before you could talk? What is the beginning of your journey as an artist and as a singer? <laughs> yes, I, I was one of those people. Um, I was really, really young and I was just singing songs I heard on the radio in my parents' car. And that's what uh that that that's what sparked the love for me. So um I've been I've been doing it for a really, really long time. And from there I kind of uh, I started taking piano lessons at around age five and um, music has been like a huge part of, of my identity of my life. And I, um, you know, as, as I, you know, my career has progressed and I got older, I started to craft my own songs and, you know, I felt like music was the tool that I, that I would use to express myself. Apart from self-expression, were there ever times in your life where music maybe even served as a bit of an escape or a coping mechanism for you? Definitely. Um, after I received my uh, SMA diagnosis, actually, um, I, you know, I was in, I was uh, going on 15 years of age, and that was just—it's a hard time to be in high school, I think, for for many people. Um, and the SMA diagnosis definitely you know, was, it was a shock. And I just, I didn't really see people in the media with disabilities um, portrayed in a good way. And so I thought that, you know, my life was not going to be fulfilling, that I wasn't going to be able to date or have friends or do the things I wanted to do. And so I really, really latched on to music um, heavily at that time. And the songs that I, I was listening to really, really gave me hope and just a sense of identity and, you know, made me feel like, Hey, you can you, you can have a great life and you can do you know the things that you want to do. And so music is it's it's saved my life, I would say, multiple times. Have you formally trained as a singer or are you self-taught? Yeah, so I've um I've been in multiple, multiple choirs. I I currently take uh, I've been I take voice lessons. Um so I've definitely you know trained throughout the years and I continue to because I think it's really, really important to do that if you're if you're an artist. And I've, I've heard a rumor that when you were 20, you went out and bought yourself, and I think a lot of 20-year-old guys think about doing this, but that you went out and got yourself a drum set. Tell me about your love affair <laughs> with the drums. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's funny. Um, I was always like banging on stuff as a kid and like I was breaking things. <laughs> and you know, my parents were like, you keep breaking things and we gotta, we gotta channel this. And so I had like a little snare at one point in like a band when I was like nine years old and then, you know, just kind of that just went by the wayside. I was doing other things. And then um, when I really started to get back into music and like actually started to really write my own stuff, um, drums that just really, really calls out to me. And so I went out and bought a drum kit and I um, self-taught and I ended up joining a couple bands and um, had actually like a really good a good career as a drummer. I was known as a drummer for a long time. Um, and to this day, my dad still says, you know, the, the drums are like, it, of all the instruments that I would play, he's like, you know, drums are, drums are my calling. So uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 I tap on stuff like all the time. I have, I still have a kit. Um, I don't get to play it as much, but drums are forever a part of me. I, I don't know why I love like the rhythm uh, section so much, but it just, it just speaks to me. So <laughs> 
I think you you nailed it right there. Rhythm. Maybe you just like the rhythm and and being able to create that kind of sound. Yeah. <laughs> you said you were part of a number of bands. Uh, I am assuming that you toured as part of these bands. How accessible is it when you go to play at different venues? Did you find those spaces inclusive and accessible for people with disabilities? How willing were your bandmates to work with somebody who had a disability? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I'm really glad you brought that up because there is this conversation kind of going on with, you know, representation in film, um, you know, of people with disabilities. And, you know, we did this song. So hopefully that conversation is being sparked in music. But in terms of venues, venues, in my opinion, are overwhelmingly in- inaccessible. Like I, I can I can't even really count them. You know, I can count the number of times that I played an accessible venue on probably one, two hands at most. And I've played hundreds of shows. Most Mm -hmm. venues have stairs. The stage is, you know, upstairs, which I have difficulty with Um, loading in gear. I mean, I've had to be so creative with with performing. Like I've had to, um, you know, I can't carry heavy things. So I've had to like make little rigs of my belt, take my belt off my jeans and strap my you know, my gear on my shoulder so I could carry it, you know, down into this dark place that I couldn't even see, you know, I could trip and fall or whatever it might be. So there's a huge problem with music venues, in my opinion. Um, with with my bandmates, I've actually had wonderful, wonderful bandmates who were always willing to help and they did not, they were not, you know, nervous about, they didn't have any apprehension about me being in the band. They love me. Um, you know, at whether I was playing drums in the band or the front man. Uh, so they've been really, really good. I, my bandmates have like helped me get up on stage, helped me carry gear. I've fallen down on stage a couple of times and they've actually, you know, helped pick me up. So I've had a great support system, but um, I do think music venues really, really need to get it together because nine times out of 10, uh, it's going to be inaccessible and it's going to, it's going to block performers with disabilities from performing. You mentioned you fell down on stage. Assuming this was at a live event, what was the audience reaction? Did people wonder what was going on or were you able to maybe use that as an opportunity to talk about SMA? Yeah, so I've, I've actually, all all times that it's happened, I've actually used it to uh, talk about SMA. Um, people initially, I think, um, were, you know, like, what's going on and, you know, concerned. And so I would, you know, I'd, I'd get help up or whatever. And then I would, you know, talk about SMA and, and, and the feedback once I explained it was really, really great. I've gotten, you know, rounds of applause from that. Um, one show was at a really big festival. Um, and so that actually, there was like a really, you know, really big crowd. And so I, I think because people were like dancing and stuff, it kind of like the momentum was kind of there. So it didn't feel like there needed to be a pause as much, but I still, you know, got up and explained myself, but the music did keep going, but I always use it as a chance to, you know, talk about, um, you know, SMA and, um, and get the word out there. This last week, we've been celebrating International Day of Persons with Disabilities. I got to ask you as an artist and as a performer, do you see yourself having a role to play in helping to break down some of those barriers and some of those misconceptions or misperceptions that might exist about people with disabilities and their capabilities. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm an artist at heart, so that's just what I feel called to do. But, you know, the fact that I have SMA, the fact that I have a disability, I feel like I'm in a very unique position to do 
um, some of that barrier breaking into into really, um, you know, really to portray ourselves authentically and honestly. But I also just feel like I'm very <laughs> my personality. You know, I'm I'm very much a people person. I'm also very very stubborn, so I really don't take no for an answer. You know, I've done I've had you know throughout my life I've done lots of really cool things and you know um and i've always kind of had to push really hard you know in the spaces that i've i've been in and so i'm really really used to it so i think i'm just i have the perfect composition to break barriers and to really do that and it's something that is it's the it's the most meaningful thing you know for me um and so i just i feel really confident that you know i i can do that and you like i said i i train i train with acting i train with music um, and all those things. And I just, you know, I can, I can take the nose. So I feel like I'm just well-equipped for all of the bumps on this journey. <laughs> Speaking of your journey, what's next for you? I know you've already put out uh, your one album in 2017, Labor of Love, another album on the horizon. Are you getting into acting more? What are you planning? Yes. Uh, so all of the above, um, I have some new music I'm featured on a song that's coming out at the end of, um, on December 30th. I'll have another one that'll be released, I think around Valentine's day. Um, so I have, I have more, more music is in the works. Um, I'll be writing some more, more stuff in addition to that. Um, I will be in a, um, I have a poem that will be published in a book, um, a disability uh, of a hierarchy of disabilities book that will be published next year. Um, writing a script as well. I've been working on that for a little bit. And then, um, you know, I've, I was just in a commercial, so I'm still, you know, still doing acting and, um, you know, hopefully looking to book more roles, but I'm really just really trying to, um, you know, make music and acting and writing, you know, the full-time career. So I'm just really excited to do all those things. And it sounds like you're making a lot of progress. If you had to give some advice to your younger self, which is almost, which is sort of the, the reason you had the song that we talked about at the beginning of the show. If you had to give some advice to your younger self who was just breaking into the field, what would you tell him? Um, I would say if you really believe in something, don't let anyone deter you from that and work really, really hard at it. I think you should train and, you know, do all that you can if, if you have the financial means to do so. And I know that these things can be expensive, you know, voice lessons and things of um, that nature. But if you can, if you can afford to do it, I, I, I really recommend, you know, training and being the best that you can be at something and just never giving up. And then the, another huge thing I think that has served me well, um, which I would say also too, is, you know, I've taken so many opportunities that people might think were silly little opportunities or they were insignificant or, you know, maybe not worth their time. And honestly, I've had so many cool things happen throughout my career, just from like talking to someone or doing a gig that no one wanted to do or playing a show where no one was there or one person was there or whatever it might be, you know, get doing, doing things early on that I wasn't paid for like free gigs and, you know, things like that. All of that stuff honestly made me a better artist, but it also led to, you know, someone seeing me or and be like, hey, you want to come do this thing and we'll pay you this or we'll fly you here, whatever it might be. So I think when you're starting out, you should really, really take all that you can get, to be honest, and just just really keep working hard and don't take no for an answer. 
Thank you very much, James. Ian, I'm sorry to say, but we have to go, but it was great chatting with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you and I really appreciate you having me. James Ian is a singer, songwriter, artist, and of course, actor, man of many talents, as you heard. That's all the time we have today for The Pulse. Our technical producer is Nasreen Abdul-Majid and Andy Frank is the manager for AMI-audio. Thanks a lot for listening. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.